What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Who's Number One podcast. Another week. I know we usually do it on Wednesday. Today's Tuesday. We've got some things coming up. But uh, nonetheless, we are here to bring you guys all this, uh, all the action, everything that's going on in the world of Flow Grappling. Who's Number One? As always, uh, my name's Reed Connell. This right here is Corey. What's up, Corey? How you doing, brother? Oh, what's going on, Reed? A lot to talk about after this last week. Yeah, as uh, always, right? Man, it, it, jiu-jitsu was back. Yeah, you man. Know, I, this, this year has started up, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Right? You know, it was a slow year, but um, things are starting to pick back up, especially here in Texas, of course. So really excited about that. We got Connor in the back. Uh, last week made his debut. Coming back, I uh, decided to bless us with his presence again. Thanks, Connor, for coming back, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. I got I got a little upgrade on the there desk. There you go. You yeah. brought your own desk to I the podcast. I brought my own desk. That's what every uh, every good employee does, mm-hmm. as you know. So awesome, man. Well, a lot to, to talk about. A lot to uh, to get into. I just want to touch maybe uh, real quick on uh, on the weekend. You know, it was a crazy weekend. We had the first IBJJF tournament of the of the year. The first IBJJF tournament to uh, implement heel hooks and uh, some reaping exchanges. Uh, some some reaping rules. Some different rules in there. But uh, the first time. We saw heel hooks uh, in IBJJF. It was a wild weekend. To be honest, from my perspective, I wasn't sure if we were going to see anything different. I, I was thinking that maybe we were going to see kind of just more of the same IBJJF jiu-jitsu. I wasn't sure that really it was going to change so much. But wow, did it, right? Yeah, you know, we had a, a couple of maybe regular IBJJF competitors sticking to what they know. But there were a couple wild cards, right? Yeah, there were yeah. guys like Stanley Rosa and uh, none other than Oliver Taza who, you know, Stanley Rosa got the first ever heel hook um, and ended up with another heel hook on the day to win the middleweight division, uh, sorry, the medium heavyweight division. And Taza had, I think, two heel hooks and a guillotine on the day. Um, Taza looked good, yeah. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, so a lot of good guys out there. Um, Rita. Uh, Heisen, I yeah. believe, you know, he had a had a great uh, heel hook out there. I've never got to see him compete live before. He's an exciting uh, guy to, First to watch. First heel hook of his career too. Was it? Yeah, what, what did you yeah. What did you learn about that? You, I saw you talking to his yeah, coach and uh, stuff. Uh, David Garmo was telling me after after Rita secured the heel hook that that was the first one he's ever hit in competition. And in fact, that he only started training Rita only started training heel hooks in like October of last year. Mm. So he's already out there hitting them. Um, looked nice, uh, Connor. You're like a nogi guy, right? You're you're a big nogi guy. What do you what do you think about um, heel hooks coming to uh, IBJJF? Good thing for the sport. Yeah, absolutely, good thing for the sport. I'm I'm interested um, to see how it changes the game. I think just as much as anyone. I wish I could speak more intelligently on it, like uh, Corey can, because uh, he you know he's our he's our leg lock and stats magician. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to really change now. The, the separation that used to belong between IBJJF style and submission only style. Mm-hmm. I think that that gap has uh, become a little bit smaller, uh, and that means we'll have more competitors, uh, you know, matching up against people they normally never would. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. Yeah, at the very least, you know, Taza kind of known more as a, you know, obviously he's from Denner Death Squad, known more as a submission only guy. I have seen him quite a bit in. Um, in uh, um, IBJJF tournaments, him and Ethan do 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 uh, these no gi tournaments quite a bit in the past. Um, IBJJF tournaments, and Stanley Rosa, another guy who who trains with Danaher and those guys, and and Stanley was the one who ended up getting the first heel hook of the entire tournament. And uh, we, I know we both talked to him, you know, but he didn't seem too too phased yeah. by <laughs> by uh, the the submissions or or, or the uh, the accolades or, or whatever that comes with being the first ever heel hook in IBJJF. He was kind of just like, eh. 
Business as usual, right? <laughs> but it was the whole reason he was there. You know, he, he explained he explained to me after the fact that um, he, he had felt kind of shunned by by having that major component of the way he plays jujitsu uh, be excluded in previous in previous events and mm-hmm. for you know, the last twenty years of no gi jujitsu. Um, so to have that back will bring guys not just Stanley Rosa himself, but people like him who are used to the more sub only style. Um, maybe bring them to the scene, and we could. It could really shake up things like the rankings, where, True. you know, we get this this blend of nogi players who stick to without heel hooks or only with heel hooks. They're gonna be forced together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes for exciting matches, right? Like uh, styles make fights, and uh, and those styles are really exciting. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to what the future of IBJJF Nogi tournaments, um, you know, hold. Like you said, mo- hopefully a lot more of these guys, more of these submission only guys. They, um, you know go out there and, and fight the IBJJF tournaments. Because, man, no matter what, IBJJF tournaments are tough. You're going to get tough matches at IBJJF tournaments, the toughest probably. Um, so definitely want to see more of that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit about Oliver Taza there. He uh, he was actually kind of warming up for this Who's Number 1 event coming up here March 26th. Uh, Taza has a great match against Johnny Tama who's also there, Taza versus Tama. I feel like that was planned. Um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, great match. Johnny Tama versus Oliver Taza. You can see some some highlights here from, from Oliver Taza's um, uh, run at the IBJJF Dallas Nogi Open. But uh, coming up March 26th, he's going to be fighting Johnny Tama in uh, in one of the matches. Great matchup here. Uh, Connor, let me throw it to you here, man, first. When, when you first heard... The announcement of uh, Johnny Tama versus Oliver Taza. Uh, did you like it? Did it get you excited? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a prelim match, yeah. we have uh, a Nogi World Champ, and we got uh, one of the junior members of the Death Squad. This is this is huge. Um, and I think I think going back to our previous point, uh, that separation between uh, I know Oliver Taza is not uh, sub only, but that sub only heel hook centric style versus. Johnny Tama, who's an IBJJF Nogi World Champ. Uh, it, this is exactly what we're talking about with the, uh, you know, upcoming clash of styles that maybe we'll see more of within the IBJJF, and we get it to see, we get to see it for free on Facebook, YouTube, like. Perfect. Love it. Exactly. So, so the a couple fights are going to be on um, streamed free on Facebook, YouTube, like we've been doing in the past. And uh, this Oliver Taza Johnny Tama one, I believe, is going to kick off the main card, but we'll see about that. Um, Corey, you know. Taza known as a leg locker. Johnny, though, has experience as a leg locker. He's not just an IBJJF competitor, right? He, he has um, um, experience in these leg locking um, scenarios. He's got the, the Tama lock. He's a sure. big esteem lock guy. Who, who do you think ha- has the, the advantage in maybe the, some of those uh, leg entanglements or, or when they get in those positions? You know, I don't think you can count out um, any Donahue Death Squad member from having the upper hand in the leg lock exchanges. But that's not to say that Johnny Tama doesn't have his own strengths, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is. I, we had a chance. I think you and I both had a chance to talk to both of these athletes over the past weekend, and they are both excited for how game each other are, right? They're they're both excited that you know uh, Oliver was saying to me, "I know that Johnny's going to come forward. I know he's not going to back away. He's going to engage, and regardless of what happens, that's going to make it an exciting fight." Um, Johnny may have hinted at me that he has he has a couple a couple plans on how to address a couple tricks some of uh, some of Oliver's strengths. Um, I think this this may not go exactly as as you'd expect. Yeah, you know, I, of course, 
Johnny's going to be ready for for what um, Taza and and the Danaher Death Squad those, those guys bring to the table. I think he's he's luckily um, studied you know some of these leg locking positions for 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 many years. So like maybe some of his his peers, he's not that far beyond. Uh, behind the Danaher death squad when it t comes to some of these leg locks positions and stuff like that. We've seen him uh, get in some of these shootouts before. Um, but also I think the, the big thing about Johnny is, is we saw Johnny kind of have a, a little bit of a lackluster 2020. Um, you know, he's kind of up, kind of down, you know, and I think that's really a testament to um, it just seemed like he didn't have a, a proper place to call home right. a, as a training uh, facility. You know, he kind of bounced back and forth um, with uh, Team 76 and, and Roberto and, of course, Alliance um, and a couple other gyms out there in San Diego. It didn't seem like he really had a place where, where he was getting that consistent training uh, with high-level guys that you need to be able to compete against the most uh, you know elite competitors in jiu-jitsu. Uh, talking to him over the weekend, though, it sounds like he's found a home finally, and it sounds like he's really focused on making 2021, you know, um, his best year yet. You know, he wants to forget about all the all, some of the losses that happened last year. And he's putting his best foot forward. It sounds like he's in a really, really good place in terms of his training and the training partners that he has. Um, he said he's, he was saying that he has some guys that are they're right around uh, Oliver's weight and uh, and you know are, are good leg lockers. So I think finally we might see kind of like the peak um, or tip-top shape Johnny Tama, and it couldn't come at a, at a better time because, of course, uh, the stage is huge on who's number one. You know, it's, it's, it's a big, big stage. And uh, that, that's one thing I, I like so much about this who's number one, you know, is it, it, it does feel like a bigger, um, a bigger stage, I guess. You know, this, there's a lot to be won here. Would you say that that's, that's true, Connor, that, that the who's number one stage just, just, just feels like an elevated competition? You know, you, you have to bring your A game if you're coming to who's number one. For sure. And like I said, like uh, this is the chance to put your name on the map. So that's why it's so important to, to come ready, to come uh, physical, uh, to come looking for submissions. I mean, this isn't, uh, this isn't a uh, position-based rule set, so you really just got to fire away. Uh, and I think that has, you know, that's put all eyes on it, and, and they should be on it. And I would, I'd like to add, whenever you were talking about uh, Johnny Tama, Albertaza, We've already got to see like a, a pre-run of this show. He he, Johnny Tama faced down uh, Ethan Krellinson. I got the decision win at Fight to Win 139, I believe. And obviously, the two very different competitors with their own unique games. But we did see Johnny Tama versus Donahue Death Squad member, um, and I think that's going to be an interesting. Uh, way of looking. I mean, if you watch the fight, Johnny Tama is not afraid of that leg lock battle. He cycles through it with Ethan. Ethan can't get a grip on him. Um, you know, this is one of those matchups where where I think Johnny Tama may surprise people. Wow. Um, you got you do heel hooks? You, you, I don't know much about your jiu-jitsu game. You you heel hook guy? No, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm always trying to figure out how to avoid those guys. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> More like a top player, guard player. What's your game? Oh yeah, you know you know I like my wrestling. You gotcha. know what That's I mean? Right, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do some pressure passing. I've been known to. Oh, shout out by the way. I wore my 10th Planet Austin, Texas shirt. Okay. Yeah, Sick yeah, shirt. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious. I'm like, man, I haven't, I haven't never rolled with Connor. I'm curious what his game was. But, um, yeah, great matchup there. Johnny Tama versus Oliver Taza. That's the one that's going down March 26th. Like the guy said, you can watch it uh, free on Facebook or YouTube prelims. Uh, huge card, of course, at the top. Wagner versus Gordon. And the co-main event. 
on the card, I believe it's the co-main event anyway, is going to be a, uh, a big, big matchup, barn burner of a matchup. Our referee is going to have his hands full for this one. He's going to be running around all the mat, I have a feeling. Luckily, we did just get a bigger mat at who's number one to contain both these heavyweights. I'm talking about Nick Rodriguez taking on Yuri Samoys. Uh, what a great matchup. I believe these guys have never faced off uh, against each other, right? So it seems like perfect time, perfect match, uh, perfect place. For, the, for this matchup, would you agree? Absolutely, and you know, despite the fact that they haven't faced off against each other, Nicky Rod has been hunting down ADCC champions. Right? Mm-hmm. He's he's mm-hmm. he's taking he's taking out a handful of them, mm-hmm. and this could be not just uh, an ADCC cha- champion, but a two-time ADCC champion. He's he's up against. Um, he's done it before, um, and, and you know what I'm curious about is is how stylistically they play, right? Because they're both yeah. wrestlers. They're mm-hmm. both great, you know, great takedown artists. Um, first instinct is okay. Maybe Yuri takes away Nikki Rod's be- biggest asset and pulls guard. But Reed, I think you got to see him last, right? Has has Nikki Rod's game evolved past just the takedown back take style? Man, it's been a while since we've seen Nikki Rod out there on the competition mm-hmm. mats. We saw him a couple times um, last year. He had one match there with Roberto, I remember, um, a couple times. But we haven't seen a whole, whole lot of him. And that's, you know, in 2019, he, he was competing almost every weekend. You know, he was getting ready for, for ADCC, competing a whole bunch. Then he had ADCC. And then he, then he kept the run going even after that. So we saw him compete a whole lot. Um, he definitely took some time off to work on his game and moved down there with the with the Puerto Rico um, crew. I think we have even a little clip of uh, of Nick uh, training down in Puerto Rico with the guys. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I think we got to see him play a lot of guard when we were down there. You know, he's certainly working on um, filling up those holes. You know, and and John has definitely taken a uh, a big interest in in Nikki right and and shoring up those those holes that Nikki has in his game. So I think 100% we're going to see a different Nikki Rod this time around. This is my friend Oscar right here down at the bottom, local Puerto Rico uh, grappler, blue belt, I believe is, he is. So uh, uh, it's just some of, a couple of the other Puerto Rico guys who are uh, getting some good reps in with the uh, Dan and her death squad. But, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, Corey, this is definitely going to be a different one. I, I think, you know, in the past, Nikki has been um, just pigeonholed as a uh, as a wrestler with some jujitsu, and I think this time around, it, it not, won't quite be, you know, that black and white anyway. Right. Well, and that's that's fair enough, right? When when he was at ADCC, he had what, less than three years of actual jujitsu experience. Yeah, um, yeah. So now he he doesn't have. A couple more years of jiu-jitsu experience, sure, but also a couple more jiu-jitsu ex- years of jiu-jitsu experience in one of the toughest rooms on the planet. Exactly. You know, he's training with Gordon every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to get better. You have to get better if you're training with Gordon Ryan every day. Would it, you want to train with Gordon Ryan every day, Connor? Yes. I know I don't, actually. I mean, I mean, sign me up. Probably not. I hear they do, like, morning workouts, so maybe not those. <laughs> you're not like, a morning we guy? We can work out, like, an afternoon schedule. You know, I'm here for it. And if it means I get to live in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I'll take that. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, what do you think about this matchup here? Yuri, you know, obviously known for his top pressure, but he did pull guard versus versus Wagner there. Um, you know, he's been out here in Austin training with with, with the guys, William Tackett and, and Cody Steele. So, you know, he's putting in the work. Yuri's going to be ready. Uh, I don't know. How do you see this one going, Connor? When you think about uh, how you make a match with Nicky Rod, really, if you want him to have a competitive and a clash of styles, uh, you want someone who's athletic and technical. If you don't have both, 
you're going to have a rough time on the mats with him. Uh, if you're not technical, you can't slow him down. If you're not athletic, he's just going to bowl through you. And I think Yuri Samo is one of those people that he he absolutely checks those boxes. Not only that, he has a wild amount of experience. I mean, this is a two-time ADCC champ we're talking about. So what, what more could you ask for? Someone who's gonna, who could meet and bang with Nicky, someone who can drag him into a jiu-jitsu game. Uh, and then we get to test out Nicky Rod uh, under submission-only rule sets, which you know a lot of people critique him for his um, yeah, what they true. consider lack of submissions. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's going to be beautiful. I'm, I'm so hyped for this card. Yeah, do you, do you feel like the who's number one rule set is a, is a bad rule set for Nicky? Do you feel like it favors Yuri? I don't know. I, I was thinking about that earlier. I, I do believe, I don't know who it favors more, but I do believe that uh, the fight would look very different under ADCC rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, especially considering how much of a, a vet Yuri is and considering uh, Nicky Rod's style is like born and bred to to take out ADCC competitors. Um, I don't know. I, what do you think? What, how does submission only affect it, Corey? You know, I, I struggle to to be able to find a way that this match ends in submission but i think this match it would be difficult for me to predict what submission this match ends in but i think regardless of what happens it's going to be scrappy the whole way i think this is probably the only match i can say for certain is not likely to end in a submission but i think it's just going to be a banger i I think it's not going to slow down both guys are going to go after it um i don't know that if if it ever really hits the ground Mm. if it does have a know a lot of great action to watch but if it doesn't i don't think it's going to be one of those boring lock horns wrestling matches i think it's going to be a lot of throwing around and running around the mat and nearly running tables over i was gonna say, i was gonna say chase and how better be ready uh at the commentary tables to uh you know have to have to hold up these, these dudes coming into them at any moment um yeah i was just gonna say that um i feel like if there is a submission it might be like it might be a leg lock. I feel like best case or, or um, most common would have to be maybe a leg lock. You know, Nicky not no, nearly known as a leg locker, but of course he's got those skills, and he, we have seen a little bit of them. But he has been submitted by leg lock as well. And I don't. I, I'm trying to rack my brain. I don't really remember too many people going after Yuri's legs. Yeah. I can't can't really remember. Well, in that that clip we just ran, uh, I was there that day. They were training specifically leg locks gotcha. uh, at Brazilian Fight Factory. Gotcha. And man, Yuri looked really good. You know, he was it, it was kind of a locked in fifty fifty drill or a locked in four um, eleven drill, locked in the saddle, mm-hmm. and it was attack and defend. That's all you could do. No escaping. Just you know, sit in this position, suck it up, and either either tap or get tapped. So he didn't look. He didn't look lost in the position oh, or not anything. At all. He, he he actually was. Doing something a little unusual and counterattacking while trapped in the position. Mm. Okay, so he he's down to to go for the shootout, the if, leg lock shootout. If that that Tuesday morning class was was any indication, then absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, we, of course, Nikki trains with those guys, the leg lockers, all you know, all day. We see him going going for those in the training room, but he has he has been um, submitted by a leg lock, um, you know, so it's a double edged sword there. But uh, a lot to break down with this matchup. Um, you know, a lot of credentials bringing to the mat here. I'm, I'm really excited. It's a, it's one of our first kind of uh, big guy match. Of course, you know, we have Gordon on there, but uh, but this is a real match with two titans of <laughs> grappling. You know, ADCC silver medalist, two-time ADCC champion. Uh, so so a real big, big matchup. I haven't seen Nikki in a while. Yuri's out there doing MMA, both kind of in different worlds. Um, love that they're coming together on the Who's Number One stage, finally. Um, really, really exciting. 
Um, I do want to get to th- something real, real quick. Actually, you know, we did a breakdown last week of um, of the who's number one, and uh, one guy we didn't talk about at all, really. I just want to mention, give him a shout out, Elder Cruz. Uh, versus Jacob Couch was a uh, first match of, of the night there. We talked about kind of all the other matches, but we didn't really talk about maybe what was the, um, I won't say the biggest upset of the night, because of course Natchi versus G- uh, Gabby was the biggest upset of the night, but definitely it was a huge, huge upset. Elder Cruz looked phenomenal, took out um, Jacob Couch. Really, Jacob couldn't really get much going. Um, just want to give a shout out to Elder. Connor, anything you want to uh, sh- see, uh, say to uh, about Elder? He looked, he looked pretty good out there, right? Yeah. He stuck to his game plan. Uh, he put the pressure on. It was great to see. Both competitors, uh, you know, obviously we have a working relationship with uh, Mr. Couch. He's uh, on Daisy Fresh. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Great series. Uh, but, you know, Elder Cruz came in. Uh, he was all business from day one. Um, he was ready to fight. And, you know, he, he backed everything he set up. Uh, shout out to both competitors. Thank you, Elder Cruz, for being uh so cool with us uh, over the weekend, and uh, I'm excited to see both back on the Who's Number One mat soon. Anybody you'd like to see Elder against, Corey? Anybody stick out? I know the you know purple belt, heavyweight, not the deepest maybe, or but any, anybody that you can think of? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to like to see him maybe maybe jump around. I um, it's it's tough to, to gauge who the purple and brown belts are yeah, at the at, at the heavier weight classes, but I think I think he'd do well in a in a jump up. Um, I think his his top pressure. Is clearly um, jump up in, in um, like belt rank. In you mean? belt rank, or yeah, I mean weight class. There's there's not much of a further jump to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I'd like to see him against some some brown or some black belts. Um, I, yeah. I, I think yeah. he's he's, he's, ready he's right it. there, and his, his top pressure is definitely a little bit. Um, uh, it his top pressure it's is there. It's a real yeah, deal. Tatao from Atos is a name that kind of pops out to me. I uh, I know. I'm not sure if they've had matches, but um, he's he's a tough purple belt, kind of around that weight. Uh, maybe he could he could be somebody that um, that matches up with Elder in the future. But uh, yeah, great match. Shout out to those guys. Great card. Uh, if you didn't check that one out, go back watch watch who's number one. A lot of fun. Um, while we're doing shout outs here, I want to just give another quick shout out to. Of course, my co-host here, Corey, uh, forgot to mention here at the top of the show that that Corey went out there in the Dallas Open and uh, took home some scalps, took home some names <laughs> with them, and uh, got the gold medal out there in Dallas. Shout out to Corey, man! Congrats. How 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 was the competition? It was it, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I, uh, I uh, did the Master One Featherweight, and I ended up uh, jumping into the Absolute Division. That's so right. That, that was. Uh, that was an interesting experience. I think I've been picked up off the ground more times than I've ever <laughs> in my entire career been yeah. picked up off the mat. Well, what weight class do you do? Uh, feather. Featherweight? Okay. So, you, and you fought what? Like a, he- a super heavyweight first round? My, no, the first round was a heavyweight. I think the second round was a super ultra heavyweight, though. So, I, I nearly went through the ceiling. Sick. Uh, always fun, uh, pretty sick. Always to have have the, the flow grappling guys throw down in some competitions out there. You know, we love jujitsu just as much as you guys. So, uh, definitely give give Corey some uh, some kazoo points or, or whatever you guys <laughs> whatever you guys you know give him some uh, some Facebook likes or some uh, Instagram likes. We're starting it now. It's Corey the King Stockton. There you go, the King. He's coming for you. Uh, you're on notice. <laughs> yeah. And just one more shout-out real quick. Actually, Michael Sears, obviously, uh, Mike, the head honcho, who's number one, is not here this week. He's out in uh, in Brazil. He might still be on vacation. I'm not sure. But uh, he's he's out there killing it in, in Brazil. He will be back at the who's number one desk very, very soon. Of course, we miss him. So uh, shout-out to Mike. 
And uh, yeah, looking forward to having him back in the studio. We got some stuff to go over, man. All right, let's get to a couple little uh, news pieces here, yeah. um, if if we can, while while we're on the subject. Um, did you guys see Andre's um, apology video that that he that he put out there? Of course, uh, on Friday of last week, um, the whole the whole uh, mayhem of the. Uh, Slap incident is kind of um, being put to bed here. Andre came out um, and did a, uh, a live on, on his Instagram. Um, ultimately, really just kind of apologized to, to most everybody, apologized to the BJJ community, forgave Gordon Ryan, and said that he's, he's, he's starting down a new path, basically. He was going down the wrong path in, in, in uh, the way he was promoting the fight. He said that he's, he's, he's taking uh, the lessons that he learned and is starting down his new path. What do you think, uh, uh, Corey, here? Just general thoughts, just want to throw it to you. Yeah, you know, I, I said this yesterday on the Grappling Bulls and podcast, uh, but I, I think it deserves to be reset, is I, I appreciate that he he took, uh, he took kind of took the blame a little bit for uh, what happened and for, for getting uh, a little bit out of control, not just at what happened at that event, but he, he took responsibility for the way he had been acting on social media mm-hmm, um, for mm-hmm. the weeks and months and years leading up to it. Um, and I think that it was the best course of action on this. What, Regardless of what you think of the event and who was in the right and who was in the wrong, if anybody was in the right or wrong, um, I think that taking responsibility was the best course of action here for him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he deserves some respect. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think anybody who knows Andre, who spent um, extended amount of time with Andre, they know the, the, you know, the character of the man. And 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 I think that what happened at Who's Number One was out of character for sure. And I think this is definitely a little bit more in line with with who I know, um, uh, Andre, who who I've gotten to know as Andre. You know. Um, Humble man who who doesn't mind apologizing. Uh, Connor, he didn't didn't mention anything about ADCC, which a lot of people were surprised uh, about. I think a lot of people thought that he was going to say, "Hey, I'm either in or hey, I'm either out of the ADCC match with Gordon Ryan." Obviously, we're all still kind of chomping at the bit to to find out if this match is going to happen. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Are you, do you want to speculate here at all? Does does what transpired help help the case or hurt the case? Do you think this thing is going to happen? My initial reaction was that I thought it hurt the super fight. As soon yeah. as everything went down, it was yeah. like, oh, okay, that's out the window. There's no way it's happening. Uh, you know, but I think now with uh, Gavao being able to uh, reach out to his fans, uh, let people know his side of the story, uh, let people know that he's sorry and he, he recognizes the situation, uh, it seems like a mature way of handling it. And I think as an extension, the other mature way of handling it is having the match, doing uh, – Going and handling business, uh, and I, it feels like he is now on that path. Uh, he is uh, turning that leaf, like you guys said, or turning that page, leaf page. You got it. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's turning that page, like you guys said, uh, and you know it's it's nothing but exciting if you're a if you're a jujitsu fan. Man, I I'm like crossing my fingers. I'm praying every night, and I cannot. I'm just hoping so much that this match happens. You know, I truly do believe that these two are the very best grapplers in the world. And at this point, like if they didn't step on the mats together, I would be just be I would be heartbroken. Yeah, do, do you share that sentiment? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's it's something that that needs to happen, right? It's something yeah. that we all as fans will feel just devastated if this never comes to pass. It's, yeah, the, it's that yeah. that thing that could have been, right? And probably that it will be the biggest loss for 
for grappling fans ever is if that match does not go down. Yeah, yeah. So here's hoping. I know everybody else is hoping for it. So uh, the saga continues. We shall see in the future. Who knows? But, uh, you know, at least it sounds like we're all uh, back on the same page anyway, the jiu-jitsu community. Um, another thing that kind of came out of this, uh, of this mayhem and of kind of coming out from the uh, American Jiu-Jitsu documentary is uh, I see a lot of guys out there, especially these last couple days, talking about this uh, Brazil versus USA card. Um, you know, kind of a borrowed idea from like a, it reminds me of like a wrestling dual meet, right? Five guys versus five guys, um, you know, five guys representing Brazil, five guys or, or girls, whatever, representing um, the United States, have them clash. One of them comes out the winner. A uh, lot of buzz on social media, it seems, uh, about this this type of uh, event, the style event. Does this this is something that interests you, Corey? You know, let me be the first to say I don't want her to see Brazil versus U.S. Ooh. I want to see a team world championships. Ooh, right? like, okay, spicy. I'm not saying like a like a world championships of you know this team and that team. I mean like the U.S. world team, the Brazil world team, right? The Australian world team. That's This is what I want to see when we talk about, yeah. right? Brazil versus U.S. jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's jiu-jitsu becoming so global. People have talked about it going into the Olympics and stuff like that. Um, you know, that that would be kind of a part of it. But yeah, I mean, you could, you could at this point, we got, you got a Swedish team, a Norwegian right. team. You probably put together a Portuguese team, you know, plenty of uh, Brazil, Mexico teams. Uh, so it's not, not a bad idea. Uh, um, what do you think about this, Connor? Any, any like um, Brazil versus um, USA dream matchups that kind of jump to mind? I see a lot of people sharing different different matches and things like that. I've seen a few of them. Uh, Micah Galvao versus Nikki Ryan. Man, man that was one that that, that jumped out to me too. It was like, whoa, that's a sick match. Especially after seeing, you know, we've seen uh, Micah Galvao put in a lot of work down there, but right now, you know, travels up in the air. It's very hard to, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, get matches for. Uh, you know, our jiu-jitsu brothers and sisters across the seas. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be uh, good to play with that idea for a little bit. I want to I wanna see what people think. Uh, the real fun part is, you know, how good is uh, Micah's uh, leg lock game. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not too sure of, of his um, nogi pedigree. Does he, does, do you know, Corey, does he do a lot of nogi? I mean, obviously, I, he's extremely credentialed as a gi competitor. Mm -hmm. I have... he, uh, he had a nogi match, what was it, two, maybe three weeks ago. Um, he beat a decorated black belt. That's right, that was nogi, huh? Okay, so so hey, so so Michael's, I mean, uh, Mikhail's got some uh, got some nogi pedigree on him, so for sure. You know, I saw a, another match, you know, uh, Leandra Lowe versus Keenan Cornelius. I saw people talking about that one. You know, of course, we've seen that one um, a bunch of times, and, and usually it goes um, Leandra's way, but maybe I'd love to see it in a non-IBJJF setting. Sure. That would be interesting. Um, you know, and of course, the kind of big one that, that seemed like to be at the top of the list was... Um, was uh, Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena. Well, that, that's that's always a match we, I mean, no matter how many times, we've, we've seen it twice now. We saw it in 2016. We saw it in 2017, uh, right? But a lot a lot happens in four years. <laughs> For real, um, man. It feels so, like 100 years ago. Yeah, we, I mean, both guys have developed so much over the yeah. last couple why do you, of years. Why do you think people are so enamored with Felipe Pena versus Gordon Ryan? Because Felipe is the only one who's been able to, sol to solve the puzzle consistently, more than once, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and... Everybody is is always going to believe. Oh, Gordon can write that wrong this time. Um, but the the haters will want to believe that Filippo will get him a third time, mm -hmm. and the Gordon lovers will will think now is the time that Gordon beats him. So it, it's it's one of those matches that 
it's a lot like the Gordon Galvao match. If it doesn't happen again, everybody will dis- will be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that's just an all time classic match. Um, obviously, Felipe is two and zero against Gordon. You know, so uh, kind of he 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 holds the cards a little bit in, in that match. Although Gordon has gone on to be greatest of all time, you know, or, or one of. So um, he he holds a few cards, I think, too. Um, but uh, yeah, that just seems like one that that everybody kind of latches on to, especially when when debating this this Brazil versus USA. Um, um, type of card. Um, any other matches there? There st- stuck out to you, Connor? Uh, uh, or there's a few of them. That you can uh, put together. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually uh, watching Ricardo uh, Amendolia. Shout out Ricardo. Plays breakdown. Yeah, check it out. Uh, but he's in our comments. He's uh, saying yes. right now, talking about uh, Izaki uh, Bahienze. Is that how he say? Bahienze. Bahienze. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Izaki and uh, Patrick Gadio calling out DDS. Uh, you know, Izaki yeah, what, wants so, Gary. I, oh, okay. That's good. Who, who is it? Who wants Gary? Izaki. Izaki. Izaki wants Yeah, Gary. and Patrick Gaudio just said he'll take on any DDS member, no time limit, whatever. You know, uh, I like that Nicky Rod match for Patrick Gaudio. Yeah, Gaudio is getting big, so Nicky Rod seems like the perfect match. I feel like, man, this the more we talk about it, the more this, this just kind of falls into right. place. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Uh, like like Corey said, let's bring in the Olympics, but let's just let's just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see Isaac's match at, at the last? What was it? Um, BJ uh, Stars BJ versus, Stars versus Roberto. Roberto. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's it, he's got the kind of wrestling that I'd like to see against Gary Tonin. Mm, right? True. You talk about Gary Tonin's very flowy wrestling style. Uh, Isaac had. Uh, a game to to kind of push Roberto around a little bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he got into into Roberto's legs. That, that's kind of right. what won on the match. Really, right. was those um, was those heel hook attempts. You know, obviously Gary much more well versed in those in those uh, entanglements than than Roberto is. So um, you have to wonder what what Isaac's game plan would be for for a Gary for a Gary match. Um, exciting one. I think I think I think you can put me down for it. I think you can put for me sure. down for it. I, I'm I'm into it. <laughs> what do you think, Connor? Are you into it? Sign me up. Sign yeah, me let's up? do it. Uh, right. This is this is exactly what Who's Number One was made for. There you go. There you go. Okay, guys, um, let's let's switch gears just a little bit here. Maybe we can dive into some uh, some rankings talk. Take a look. Michael has been uh, updating the uh, the Nogi rankings here this week as uh, fallout from Who's Number One and uh, the IBJJF uh, Nogi Dallas Open. Uh, so some some changes coming down to the Nogi rankings. Of course, you can check these out on Flow Grappling uh, if you want to check them out. But um, while we're here, I just wanted to maybe we can pull up the. Um, the 135-pound Nogi men's ranking. We can see kind of uh, where everybody falls. This, of course, is uh, Mikey Musumeshi's division. Mikey Musumeshi, and you can see Marcelo Cohen in there at uh, number 10. Mikey Musumeshi has not competed in Nogi since 2016, so he he is not up there um, yet. You have to think that, you know, maybe win or lose, who knows, uh, after who's number one, he'll be in the Nogi rankings. But uh, maybe we can speculate a little bit. You know, I know Mikey, one of the best in the world, but Corey, where, where do you think, if we were to put him into the Nogi rankings, um, I don't know, where do, where do you think he goes? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say that Mikey doesn't deserve to be right at the top right yeah. away, right? Because yeah. he's, he's at the top almost everywhere everywhere else. When he was ranked as a featherweight, when he was ranked as a light featherweight, when he was ranked as a roosterweight. Um, but this division, there's so many wild cards in it, right? I, I mean, we haven't seen some of these guys in, in a little while. Um, some of them are way more active than Mikey has been, especially in Nogi, right? Yeah, so, you know, yeah. we look at guys like... Um, Junie. You know, Junie. Junie's uh, all Lucas over the place. Piero, 
Um, and there are quite a few inactives here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say maybe top five. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd be hesitant to put him right up to number one because Lucas Pineda, for example, just won Nogi Pants. Uh, Juni was six and one last year. Like th- these are people that he has not swam with in a while. Yeah. Do you remember, has Mikey fought Taliesin? Did Mikey fight Taliesin at um, Europeans? Or did I, they... I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> at Euros, wasn't he doing a... Oh, no, that was... I think Taliesin had Malfasini first round. Taliesin right? had Malfasini? Okay. Um, I know they, they had talked about kind of crossing paths, Mikey and Taliesin, but um, I, I couldn't remember exactly if they'd ever crossed paths, but it sounds like I don't think they'd ever, they ever have. Taliesin, obviously, young young black belt, you know. Um, that's that's a match that I, I would love to see, Taliesin versus Mikey. You know, de- definitely Taliesin has not proved nearly enough or nearly as close to what Mikey has proved, uh, especially as a black belt, you know. So he would definitely be the underdog coming in, I think. But, um, you know, young guy versus the uh, the experienced veteran Taliesin, that, that's an exciting match. Um, any any other matches there that stick out to you, Connor? Is like somebody who who you'd like to to see Mikey matched up against? Or? Everyone should be looking at it right now. What are you looking there's, at? Man? There's a name up there, Kyotera. Kyotera. So Ooh. they they used to be coach and student. Yeah, uh, they still are. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's a fun one. And if you look, if you watched uh, Kyotera's most recent Nogi performance, I believe it was at uh, who's number one versus Gabe. Yeah. There's fight to win. Was, was that fight to win? Fight to win. Okay. I mean, regardless, yeah, what a you know what a performance. Uh, it looked like he was not near as competition shape as Mikey is currently staying in. I mean, if you look at his Instagram, the guy looks like he can just crush cars with yeah, a bear hug. Right. But, but that's an interesting one. You got you got a lot of a uh, lot riding on the line there. The and a student surpassing the master kind of idea. Wow. Come on. Kyotero versus Mikey Musumeshi. Make it happen. You think Come we can on. make that happen? Come on, Michael Sears. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, those guys have a, have a history. At, you know, I don't know, know where it stands these days, but I know Mikey's training out of, out of Vegas, training with his sister and everything. So I love that I've seen, actually, um, a lot of Kyotero. Stuff on Kyle's Instagram. It seems like he's doing a lot of nogi training, and he's training like crazy scrambles with with Mason Fowler and stuff like that. So it does look like Kyle Kyle's training. It does look like he's having, having some cool stuff out there. Um, and anything more? Anything specific you're looking forward to, uh, Corey? About Mikey's um, debut here here at Hose Number Hose Number One Nogi debut. I'm actually going to go see Mikey in Vegas tomorrow. So if you guys have any questions you'd like me to ask Mikey, let me know. But um, yeah, yeah the, the, there are a couple things about what Mikey does that always grabs our attention, right? It's it's things like that footlock, and especially his back taking ability. Um, Roberto's one of the best at no gi barambolos, right? It's it's a different game. The grips are entirely different. The sequence of movements is entirely different. I want to see if Mikey plans on using a barambolo. How he modifies his his game to rely less on grips in those setups and in the finishes and in the, in the whole sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he throws throws that out entirely and goes on something else. Mm-hmm. What do you think is is you know there a lot of people used to say that like to get good at nogi you have to do the the gi mm-hmm. basically too right so do you think that um, obviously. Uh, um, Mikey's jiu-jitsu will translate, but do you think he's going to have a hard time with any one specific area of the nogi um, game because it is so different? Uh, 
you know, nothing, nothing's, it's tough to, to pin a weakness on Mikey Musumeci, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, true, um, true. One thing I hope we see from him also is maybe some guard passing work. Some top um, game. Yeah, we don't see a lot of it, but when we do, it's it's pretty magic, mm-hmm, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think maybe his gi, the, the part of his gi game that best translates to no gi is his passing. He used a lot of half guard, heavy shoulder pressure, cross facing, and then just like sliding up to quarter guard and to mount, or mm-hmm. to three quarter guard and to mount. Um, so that might translate the best. There you go. Um, Joao Miao, another guy that Mikey has, has fought quite a bit uh, in his career. Um, so would love to see that match only in, in Nogi. I believe actually they fought uh, Nogi Worlds 2016. I'm right. pretty sure that was the final, Joao versus Mikey, and Mikey won that one. Um, pretty sure Mikey is, is undefeated against the Miao brothers. But, um, you know, anytime Miao's go out there, that's an exciting match. And uh, Mikey versus Miao, especially they have history. So we'd love to see that one. Junie, another name I'd love to see against Mikey. Junie out there looking good. Um, so we'd love to see him out there. So plenty of big matches for Mikey. Plenty of good good stuff in this 135-pound uh, weight class. Uh, got some uh, some new life injected into it here. But also want to take a look here maybe real quick at the heavyweight rankings uh, as we uh, as we wrap up here just to uh, take a look at where Yuri and Nick uh, Nick. Rodriguez fall on this list. Obviously, Gordon Ryan sits atop the heavyweight rankings, but as you can see, you have Nick Rodriguez at number four and Yuri Samoys at number six. Um, you want to take a look at this one, Connor, and tell me, what, what do you think? Um, any other matches for these guys j- jump out at you? Yeah, like a thousand of them. For <laughs> sure. This is this is such a good uh, weight class. You're looking at Cyborg uh, kind of being a gatekeeper to Gordon Ryan at the top, though we know that hasn't kept people from competing with him. Uh, he's he's who's going to dominate that that second man spot until they eventually fight or face off, right? Because mm-hmm. we kind of need one and two to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and Nicky Rod can he could match up fun against pretty much anywhere, anyone from two to eight. And have it be an exciting match. What, what do you think if, if Nick Nick wins and win you know wins emphatically or wins in a, impressively? Do you think um, is the is the option Cyborg there? Do we run it back with, with Cyborg? Cyborg that'll, that'll be the three feet, right? That'll yeah. be the tiebreaker. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it was a draw the second time, uh, a win for Nicky Rod the first time. So yeah, let's run it back third time. Let's see what happens. Third time, Nicky Rodriguez versus uh, Cyborg. That'd be a fun one. How about how about if Yuri wins here? Uh, Corey, Yuri comes out the victor here. Uh, who you'd like to see Yuri go up against next? I'll tell you what, win, lose, doesn't matter. Give me either of these guys against Victor Hugo any day. There I, you go. I think Victor Hugo is going to be one of the most exciting prospects to watch in this division. Um, um, not just this year, but for the next couple of years. How about Victor versus uh, Gordon? I, I think that's that's the match. That could be a match, that's huh? The match. We haven't seen that one. You know, Lovato has talked about wanting to compete against Gordon, so I think Victor's maybe kind of taking a back seat to to look to his kind of like mentor, um, Rafael Lovato Jr., to see if they're going to fight. But um, you know, if that doesn't happen, I think yeah, that the the one to make here is is Victor Hugo, Gordon Ryan, or. or or Cyborg versus Gordon Ryan. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Don't some, hate on my pick. Don't hate on my pick. <laughs> <laughs> there's some good ones in there. Um, Connor, anything going on social media-wise that we should uh, know about? Yeah, we got a we got a few comments here. Uh, we got one that reads, uh, Woot, woot. Uh, Corey sure. jamming his toe and winning gold. Congrats, go. Corey. Um, they wanted to know about uh, the potential for USA Brazil, which we covered because we're way ahead of you guys. Um, and then past that, uh, they were talking about the Taza and Tama uh, fight. Who's a favorite, and does it end in leg lock? Who's the favorite? What do you think, Corey? 
You have to give the, the, the favorite to, to Taza? I mean... So, if we look, just looking at the rankings, I, I know the rankings don't... Um, aren't the end-all, be-all, right. but... Tama is one ahead of Taza here. They're very close, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna. I'm, I'm curious to see. Um, we we do the the betting odds article for every one of these events. I'm curious to see what the odds are. I think they're going to be remarkably close. Yeah, razor thin. Yeah. Um, these two actually, these two guys could have met in in the IBJJF Dallas That's right. Uh, yeah, Dallas they, they were bracket. both in the bracket. And um, uh, luckily, yeah. you know, luckily some some things happened and <laughs> and, and, and we didn't see the match. Um, that would have been a little bit of a buzzkill, but uh, <laughs> we, we saved it, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to it March 26th. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Johnny's the favorite. Maybe Taz is the favorite. Maybe it's up to you guys. Let us know who you all think is the, is the favorite. It's going to be a close match. Um, a lot of great matches on this card. March 26th, Wagner Hosha versus Gordon Ryan, Yuri Samoyes versus Nikki uh, Rodriguez. We might even have a couple more fights for you. We got uh, Maggie Grindati versus Rafael uh, Guedes. And uh, Ethan Krenlinston versus Cade Rotola. We're running that one back. Rematch of the century. Rematch of the century. That should be a great one. Both those guys destined to be ADCC champions, in my opinion. Um, you know, they're, they're two of the best in, in their in their divisions and their weight classes. So really excited to see that one run back again. I can tell both these guys want want to run that one back. They want the win. They want the, the emphatic um, win to, to let everybody know that they're the best. So really excited for this. Who's number one? March 20th. We're going to be back next week, guys, with another show. Um, Really appreciate y'all tuning in. Reed, Corey, Connor. Thanks, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. Oops, we're out of here.